If you had one piece of advice for a person who's, who wanted to succeed in your field, what would it be at this point? Uh, I have a lot of pieces of advice. <laughs> I give a lot of advice, yeah. unsolicited yeah. to people all yeah. the time. I, you know, I think people should be as professional as possible, as careful and rigorous as possible. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the throes of writing a book and teaching a class at NYU. And, you know, people like to talk about, you know, how things go wrong because people are, are mean-spirited or people have bias and all those things are true. But a lot of bad things in the world happen when folks just deviate from best practices and forget that, that excellence and rigor and attention to detail uh, and, and doing things for the right reason get you both the right result, get you uh, a good reputation, and help you sleep at night. So it's a combination of all those things of keeping your head down, uh, work, you know, preparing. So this is a bunch of different pieces of advice that I'm trying to package as one, as one thing. That, that there's, there's no substitute for, for good hard, hard work and attention to, to rigor. I mean, one of the things, I think one of the reasons people like your podcast is, you know, when people say things, you, you sort of, you know, you unpack what it is they're saying so people can be precise and specific about the points that they're making. And certainly in the, in the legal field, you can't get away with sleight of hand if you're operating in any kind of decent court. And you can't get away with, with the kinds of nonsense that our president does in the court of public opinion because people operate with a greater degree of rigor. If I had to say the one thing that I was, am disappointed with in how people practice law and how people make decisions in institutions generally, it is a lack of rigor uh, and a lack of, of you know, and, and part of that means when someone has a view on something or you decide on an approach, you have to have, you have to subject it to attack and you have to understand why it is you're proposing that course of action. And that's as important for, maybe more important for lawyers than for anyone else. Um, so I would say, uh, be rigorous. That was not one word. <laughs> well, all very poignant advice given what we were talking about. What, if anything, do you wish you had done differently in your 20s or 30s? You know, uh, you know further, further to what I said a second ago, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't work as hard. I didn't work as hard as I should have in my 20s. It all worked out for me. You know, I went through a period of time where I think I probably took some shortcuts. And, um, you know, I, I have sometimes believed, and this will sound, I think, you know, both arrogant and modest, that if you are, um, if you're very talented and you're very smart, then you shouldn't have to work that hard. You can get away with doing less. And uh, I suppose I had a higher, a higher opinion of myself than I should have earlier in my legal career. And, you know, I, I dropped the ball a few times and I didn't fully appreciate that no matter how, you know, how much intelligence you think you have um, and how much you think is owed to you, because of your own self-perception of your talent, it doesn't work that way. And in some ways, you know, hard work and, you know, obsessive attention uh, to rigor, as I said, and focus uh, is, is how people succeed. There are lots of very, very smart people and talented people who don't go anywhere in life. Um, and there are lots of people who, you know, I'm a big fan of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, uh, I'm a fan of for a lot of reasons. I like his music. But also, you know, he, he says, look, it, it, he doesn't have any illusions about how beautiful his voice is. Uh, you know, I think it's phenomenal. But he, he has done the most that you can do 
with what he was given. That's mm. hard work. I've seen his Broadway show. You know, that guy could walk into an audience full of, you know, screaming, adoring fans on Broadway, certainly, which is a, you know, a fraction of the size of the stadiums where he plays. And he could mail in a 90 minute thing and people would go home happy, pleased. It would be the time of their lives. And he doesn't do that. He, he, he works his ass off and he, and he creates a show. And anyway, there's another long one. The other thing I would do better is I would be less long-winded. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give you a chance to do that on, on the next question. 10 years from now, what do you think you'll regret doing too much of or too little of at this point in your life? Wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, pass. You don't have a sense <laughs> of, of what, how your life is out of balance now that you're going to wish you had straightened out yeah, look, 10 years from now? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of different things. I'm very busy. And it's, very, it's a very difficult thing to figure out how to spend more time with your children. I, um, I talk about this on the podcast from time to time. I don't talk a lot about personal stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm finding ways to spend time with my kids who are all now teenagers. Um, and I hope they understand that I, I do all this other work because I care about it and I want them to care about their work too. But, but yes, I, I will worry, as, and this is a common worry, that a decade from now, uh, did I balance that correctly or not? Yeah. Okay, two more brief ones here. What negative experience, one that you would not wish to repeat, has most profoundly changed you for the better? I'm really bad at these kinds of questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. it's quite all right. You should be walking around armed with, all, I, with I answers know. to all of these. <laughs> They're excellent questions and questions that I wish I had thought of asking people. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't have a, a quick, glib answer. I would have to give that deeper thought. Okay. Here's one, paradoxically, here's one that you probably don't have to give deeper thought, but it will sound like it. What most worries you at this point about our collective future? Oh, you know, I think that this is going to, I hope this doesn't sound trite, but, but partisanship, you know, yeah. there was, I tweeted the other day in response to Ben Shapiro, who I don't know that well, I don't know personally at all. And he's a, you know, is a conservative style columnist. And he said something about North Korea that on its face is a completely uh, obvious thing to say that, you know, we'll, we'll, there was something about the North Korean cheerleaders. And I think he said something like, uh, you know, I'll I'll cheer most loudly. I, I, the only cheers I care about are the ones when democracy comes to North Korea, something like that. And I said, I totally agree with this. And a lot of people on Twitter lost their minds. Like, how could you yeah. agree with someone like Ben Shapiro? And that that I find that upsetting because part of the reason we're in the mess we're in is we think we can never agree with people with whom maybe we don't agree 90% of the time or 80% of the time. But the only way you get anything done in this country is by you know, finding common ground. And now I sound like a politician. I don't mean to. You know, I worked in the Senate for four and a half years. And Charles Schumer, who was my boss at the time, and people think of as a pretty partisan person, literally the first piece of advice he gave me when I came to the Senate. And I don't think he had to give me this advice because I think I'm built this way anyway. He said, you should become friendly with and become real friends with Republican staffers. And he said, you know, another thing, I want, I want you to find ways for me to work with conservative Republicans that I may not agree with on everything. And Tom Coburn, was in the Senate, who is completely on the other end of the spectrum as Chuck Schumer, but they found things to work on. I interviewed Sheldon Whitehouse on the podcast, my own podcast recently, and you know he does not have a lot of love for Senator Inhofe on the issue of climate change. Senator Inhofe is as backward as they come if you have the perspective that Sheldon Whitehouse has. He said, but I, 
out of the blue, we had a hearing on the devastating effect of plastics in our oceans. And you know what? Senator Inhofe and I could agree on that. And we mm. accomplished something and we passed a bill. And so there are people on the left and the right who think it's, it's too odious to ever agree with someone who's on the other side of the aisle. And I, I think that's horrible. I think that's terrible for the country. And I think particularly in, in light of the things that are going on now, if you want to actually have you know, advancement in something, whether it's on uh, sensible gun regulation or anything else, or just general sort of non-polarization in the world, you got to find things to agree with other people on, no matter who they are. Yeah, well, that's, that's not tried at all. I fully share that concern. That's got to be near the top. So again, Preet, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me on.